Welcome to Inside Hogwarts, a Harry Potter podcast made by kids for kids. I'm Daisy. And I'm Vaughn. And today we're talking about Chapter 10 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. The Rogue Rogue Bludger. And like, guys, every single chapter that we go through, I just get more and more excited excited to get to book three. Because that, as you all know, probably, if you listen to the trailer, is my favorite book. And it's the best. And it's the best. No doubt about it. The Marauders. They're like the better yes. golden trio. They, yes. Well, they're. Well, what would you call the the golden quadruple? They're the Marauders. That's what you would call. Them. <laughs> I know. That's they're twenty more times awesome. Also, guys, I'm gonna say it in the beginning so that you guys all here if you're like skipping ahead or something. Email us like any of the questions we ask because in the Hogsmeade Journal, I'm asking this question that you're all gonna want to respond to. So. Listen to the Hogsmeade Journal Ooh. and email us at insidehogwartspot at gmail.com. Yes. Anyway, this is taking a long time for us to get to the actual chapter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, ready? For the very first sentence. I know you're ready. Since the disastrous episode of the Pixies, Professor Lockhart had not brought live creatures to class. Instead, Lockhart would reenact parts of his books to the class, usually having Harry act as the other uh- characters. Like... The class is just so easy, huh. but it's so incredibly boring. Like, what's more what's more boring, history, magic, or DADA in this year? History of magic? I would say still history of magic because at least he's putting on a performance. Like, just imagine your history teacher uh, enacting a war, like, with one of your, with their student, like, they jab. Yeah. Stuff. Okay, no, no. This weird. is what you need to imagine. You need to imagine J.K. Rowling being your history teacher no no, no, let's not do history jk rowling being your english teacher and then like the most boring person in the world being your history teacher so then every single day when you go to english class jk rowling acts out harry potter (laughs) i think that would still be more fun than history magic i think gilderoy lockhart is the wizarding equivalent of jk rowling but not as good Hmm. That's what I see. That's it. Not Rita Skeeter. She is not Rita Skeeter writing about her adventures. She is Gilderoy Lockhart writing about... I'm kidding. Oh my goodness. I'm kidding. But I see they're like equivalents. They're equivalents. Um, so, also, like, what is wrong with Gilderoy? He, like, he's still one of my favorite characters, and I still really want his Funko Pop. He is great. But I love him. he's still amazing. So, one day in class... Harry was acting as a werewolf, and at the end of class, Gilderoy said that for homework, they had to compose a poem about his defeat of the Wagga Wagga werewolf. Is it Wagga Wagga, or is it Wagga Wagga? I don't know. Uh, I I, I like Wagga Wagga. Yeah, I see it as Wagga Wagga. And also, I'm going to call Gilderoy by his first name throughout this whole book. I call him Lockhart. I know that that's going to probably annoy people who normally call the teachers by the last names for Harry Potter, but... I like it more to say Gilderoy and, like, call him by that. I like to say Gilderoy, but mostly I say Lockhart. Although, he does have a good last name. I mean, Lockhart. Yeah. That's a good last name. Um. Also, I was wondering, because, like, I was thinking about muggle or, like, wizarding students don't really go to muggle school. So, like, who taught these kids how to write poems? 
definitely Gilroy did not teach these kids. I mean, Harry's like what eleven? I mean, he might have written a oh, few 12, poems. Um, I was thinking like, I, like okay, so I was thinking Harry, you know, may have learned them at like Muggle school, but. Does Ron go to Muggle school? Because coming from a wizard Whoa. family, I don't see him as coming, like, being, having, having Wait, gone to is, Muggle school. Did they take Muggle studies in the second year? No. That's an elective. Huh. Which you then I don't, the I, then I don't know. It's... And Muggle studies, you're not going to learn how to write poems. You're going to learn, like, how a toaster works. Or what the by fun... J.K. Rowling. No, it's, it's not a plot hole. No plot holes <laughs> are allowed in this podcast. Well, there might be. Hey, look, Harry Potter is real. I don't know. Harry Potter is real, guys. Is a real thing. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Like, if I went to King's Cross in London right now, I am. I could walk through con- that brick wall. I'm perfectly convinced that I would run into Harry Potter himself. Yes. And Albus. <laughs> and all of those people. And I. Yes perfectly convinced that i could go visit severus snape's grave because i don't even know where that is but yeah so we could sit we could it go on anywhere no. burn his no. grave he's a cool person oh oh i'm mistaken burn dumbledore's grave no 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 don't burn graves people um so <laughs> hey uh, uh yeah snape uh, is yeah. good dumbledore's bad but i don't think anyone really deserves to have their grave hey 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 <laughs> you might you Hey, 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 don't go too crazy with the Dumbledore's bad thing. He <laughs> is. Some, we, we might not want to give away some spoilers. Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. He's not completely bad. Just don't listen to us. <laughs> um, just ignore everything we, everything we say. By the way, guys, we're going to definitely have an episode just fully dedicated, probably an analysis fully dedicated yeah, to, to Dumbledore. Was Dumbledore good or bad? And, and was how, Snape good or bad? And then, plus, like bunches of snape analysis just because like of his life story and then was should he have ended up with lily all of that and then just wasn't good or bad um so after class hermione stayed back to ask gilderoy for a note that said that they could go to the restricted section hermione told him that she wanted it for a bit of background reading he signed the note and started to talk to harry about quidditch and said that he was a seeker and gosh this sparked a flame in my mind because guys how did this happen? Who, Flitwick, where were you? Who allowed this to happen? Um, like, I'm on, like, first of all, was this a lie? What do you think? That Jodoro was a seeker? Yes. Most definitely. I don't think it's a lie. Well, like, I haven't, I need to go back and read the, like, um, the Wizarding World article of Lockhart, but I don't think that he would, like, completely lie about that because you can totally go and check and see if he did that um i i think he's was on the team i'm thinking he was like on the team but not officially like the water boy yeah he he did something else like he maintained the field oh okay also if this one he had to sit in has a seeker for one game (laughs) if oh my gosh actually and he's like well i'm a full-fledged seeker now but was this okay? So either it's a lie, or did Ravenclaw seriously have no one better? Like I am not trying to shame. He does Hufflepuff not. House. I am from Hufflepuff House. I am proud Hufflepuff. But guys, 
I can see this coming from Hufflepuff House, but Ravenclaw, really? Like, guys. They're the smart ones. <laughs> I know. Like, I mean, like, Hufflepuff, sure, they have a few good players, but guys, we're not cut out for sports. Just admit it. Like, I, I don't play sports at all. And I don't, like, I'm a Hufflepuff. Like, that's just... I like to bake, of course. All Hufflepuffs like to bake. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Not all of them, but you know, most of them. I'm guessing that's why Kowalski should have been in Hufflepuff. Hmm. That is exactly. Oh why. yeah. He is a baker, and literally, J.K. Rowling said he's in Gryffindor, and I disagree wholeheartedly because I completely see him as a Hufflepuff. He yes. Ba- he owns a bakery, guys. And like, what is he more was best friends with his grandma. <laughs> okay yeah because grandma's she, recipe she taught him all the recipes she so taught him everything he must have exactly what is more hufflepuff than being best friends with your grandma <laughs> and owning a bakery and like i just he's such a hufflepuff he is and he's not i don't think he's a gryffindor because a gryffindor would be like head first into the adventure he's just kind of like and he's I'm, not i'm in this he's life. not the brightest no, he's definitely not the brightest. And not ambitious. Not ambitious at all. And I don't think, I think Gryffindors, like, would see Newton, they'd be like, full steam ahead, guys. Like, this like, is all, it. All he wants this to is do is just settle life. down and have a bakery. Exactly. <laughs> what is more Hufflepuff than Kowalski? I don't see him as a Gryffindor. He's never going to be classified yes. as a Gryffindor in my book. In my head canon, he's a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. That was a complete rant, just, like, from okay. literally Gilderoy being a seeker. But he's a Hufflepuff. Let us know. So they left and headed to the library, and Ron said that Gilderoy was a brainless git. Brainless and, git. Yep. They handed the note to Madame Pence, and Hermione, of course, wanted to keep the note because she wanted Gilderoy's signature. I wonder how many times they say git in the books. Git, git, git. Okay, someone count that. <laughs> we should count that. You know what we should do? I bet we can just type it in. Oh, actually, yes, we could. Well, only if you have an audiobook version. You know what? No, we're going to make this harder on ourselves. I'm going to, very soon, after I finish the current book that I'm reading, I'm going to reread Harry Potter. Oh, my god! And I'm going gracious. to count the number of times they say get, and I'm going to count the number of times they, they say, say brilliant. I'm not going to count that. That's like, count they don't bril- say nearly enough. I'm gonna count th- Harry. I'm going to, no. Harry. No. Harry, I'm Harry, not, Harry. No. I'm gonna count. I'm gonna count Git, and I'm gonna count Fred and George. Like, if they, not just their names are mentioned. I mean, like, not just their names times, alone. Fred, and then it just the line Fred and George. No, no, no just yeah. I'm gonna count the amount of times that they each talk. Ooh, and I will report back to you guys. because isn't it Fred talks more? He's mentioned. Yeah, more? definitely. But you're gonna have to count. You can count Git. I'll count Fred and George. I don't want to reread the series. You have to. You're doing it right now on no. the podcast. Um, all right. So, uh, Madam Pence took the note and brought the book to them. And, like, I was thinking, why, like, Madam Pence is really annoying. You know, everyone knows that. Everyone who attends Crazy Hogwarts. Crazy lady. Everyone who attends Hogwarts and Spirits knows that Madam Pence is terrible. So, I was thinking, who else is like Madam Pence? Like, who else is a library that everyone hates? And I came up with the perfect solution. For those of you who are also Disney fans, she is like the librarian from Monsters University. Oh! Huh. That was the weirdest thing <laughs> ever. Know. But, uh, uh, yeah, the monster librarian. Yes. If you make a noise, you're out. Exactly. 
Yeah, that's that's who she is, guys. Uh, like, what if when spoiler five, four, three, two, one to fast forward? Um, <laughs> what if during during the time that the Death Eaters took over Hogwarts? They put in a new librarian that used the Cruciatus Curse on anyone who made any noise. I feel like Madame Pins would do that anyway, but she's kind of like Filch. Yeah, I think I've, I've waiting for the of, opportunity. I think I've heard of the um, ship Pins and Filch, but I kind of see it. All right, so Fence, Fence, sure, let's call or it that. Or pil- Pilch. Okay, <laughs> Pilch. Pilch or Fence, guys. Let us know which one you like better. Pinch. Pinch, that's a good one. Pinch. Filch and Pinch. Yes, actually, that's really good. Pinch. Yeah, okay. So, um, all right. So, five minutes later, they had barricaded themselves in Moaning Mortal's bathroom, and they were reading the potions recipe. This is, like, a good place to work, I guess. Like, if only they had known about the room of requirement. I know, it's only a good place to work because nobody's there. The room of requirement would be perfect. It would be because they could have all the ingredients fully, there. Exactly. Fully equipped for exactly what they need, and then it'd just be the easiest. So You guys will learn what the room of requirement is in book. It's not a spoiler, but you'll It's it not out, a spoiler, guys. really. So, you, Hermione, you're not gonna know, so yeah, it doesn't matter. Just, you know, just forget about it. Just forget it. what Just we said. Forget about it. Hermione said that they could, <laughs> they could get most of the things from the storeroom cupboard in Snape's office, and they would need a bit of whoever they were changing into. I kind of think about this Wait, a lot. Wait, what if Ron took this super seriously, and he, like, cut out a f- chunk of their flesh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, I was thinking a lot about this and just, like, the different kinds of potions that are made. Because they annoy me. Like, the amount of bad ones that can be used for bad purposes annoys me. This Polyjuice Potion seems like a weird potion to have been created, like, ever. Because it gives people so much freedom to transform into whoever they want and to just prank people. And not just prank people, like, do bad things, you know? Yeah, also, they show six years... How to make draughts of living death, some of which are so potent that a single drop could kill what twenty people? I don't know. Yeah, I think that. I mean, a dark wizard could do wonders with that. Yes, definitely. I was thinking, like you, Voldemort could be sitting right next to me. Like you could be Voldemort right now, uh-huh. Ron, and I would have no idea. Huh. No idea. True. Wait. Do you think the Elder Wand has the ability to change the weather? Okay, then. This is a uh, random thing. I I don't think so. I don't think it does. Hmm. I mean, like, no. I don't think so. Um, What if someone, like, what if the Death Eaters all just got got a whole vat full of Draught of Living Death and Mm -hmm. then Guardian Leviosa? Oh, it above Hogwarts. That would be amazing. That was genius. That's actually just drop it. None of them are probably good enough at potions. Though. <laughs> um, all right. Maybe Voldemort. Actually, when I think of Polyjuice potion, I mostly think of um Moody's hip flask. Yes. And guys, guess what? I actually found a hip flask that you bought, can buy, and I'm so sorry if there's background noise, but I'm gonna just type it in. Moody's hip flask. Hip, and guys, hip, look, hip, hold hip on. young kid flask. 
I found one on Amazon. Let's see if this works. Huh. Let's see. Yep, it's on wow. Amazon. It's currently what? On a... like at the top of it, like is a flask head. What is that? It's like a it's a it's human like face. It's a human face. But yeah. what is it? Like there's a, there's like two look scar looking oh, wow. things. It's awesome. I can see myself just carrying this around. We're just looking but on it, it at Amazon. It, it says we don't know when or if this item will be back in stock. But I, I remember finding one on this random website. And it, oh, yes, yes. Okay, it's not a random website. It's the Noble Collection UK. And they have one that literally, like, looks just like the one from the movie. Wow. And it's super cool. But it's in pounds so if you live in the u.s it's 26 that, pounds that could be a problem let's just say that i'm if you're pretty sure pounds are worth more than dollars i have no idea or, no i have no idea i think there works. were i, I have no i idea. want to say less yes because i was looking at this product and it costs this more product. and it costs more pounds than dollars all right so guys like i just i want this hip flask first of all so i can carry it around and be like super cool I mean, just imagine, like, being at, for example, because, like, the holidays are coming up, being at a holiday, and you're like, no, I don't, I don't want your sad water in a cup, I have my hip flask, that could be poisoned, like, <laughs> I, I mean, have, I have my hip flask, I'm good. I mean, you'll never find out who I am. The hip flask also, the hip flask, the only downside is that it does not carry that much liquid. But it, but it's still really cool the way you pop it open. Yes, definitely because it's literally a head coming apart. Guys, I'm gonna link this for you, and if you guys like end up getting it or something, or like you ask it for it for Christmas and you get it, send us a picture of it because I want to see it like in real life. Yes. But, or I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna buy one, like if I can. Because this would be the coolest thing ever. It'd be cool, but it'd just be, like, one so- two swigs of water. That's also true. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be, like, it'd be, like, just get my, I'm going to get my pun- pumpkin juice, which I'm definitely making these holidays. I'm definitely making pumpkin juice. But that's enough ranting about Mad-Eye Moody's hip flask. But I'm definitely linking this for you all. So, go check that out. Not sponsored, by the way, by Natalie Moody's hip flask. Um, all right. So Hermione told him, told them that it would take a month to make. They left the bathroom, and Ron told Harry that it would be a lot less hassle if he just knocked Malfoy off of his broom at tomorrow's Quidditch game. Harry wake up, woke up early the wait, next morning. Wait, what and- do you think would happen if, like, a Quidditch, uh, someone playing Quidditch caused the death of someone? Like, oh, no. like what if H- Harry? Blew into Malfoy super high up, and then someone who didn't know the spell, like, uh, that softened a blow, you know? Um, I would say, I would say no one would end up dying. I don't think that it would ever happen, but if it did, it would probably be the magical reversal squad, and they would obliviate everyone, and then just get rid of the body. Just dispose Jeez. of it. Turn it into a bone and bury the bone, just like they did Wait, with Barty Crouch. What would happen if a wizard used a shotgun on Voldemort? <laughs> I, I mean, know. I guess it would work. Uh, like, I guess I it easy. I guess it would work. Like, no spell is gonna stop that. I mostly see this meme where, like, Daniel Radcliffe. I think it's in another movie, and he's wearing this robe, like a bathrobe, and he's holding two guns. Like, I am literally doing the hand gestures, but. 
you guys can't see me, but he's holding it, you know, making like a diamond with his arms, uh-huh. but with the guns. And I see that meme a lot, and it has to do with Harry Potter, but it's definitely not in the Harry Potter. I movies. always watch this YouTube video. It's Harry Potter with guns, and they like, and they make the wands guns. It's really so it funny. literally looks like they're handing each other guns, or like. And like when one kid's Marcus Flint is playing Quidditch, he takes the like the the shotgun, beater bat, yeah, the yeah. beater bat, and it's a shotgun. So and he just shoots his other kid. Off, uh, the I'm not sure. linking that. He shoots in case all you're, like, a little kid listening, yeah. but. It's it's interesting to say. It's interesting, least. like the, the the scene with the troll. If you're gonna watch it, it's funny. Yes. Okay. So Harry woke up early the next morning and met the whole team plus Ron and Hermione in the locker rooms. Oliver gave a big speech as always and said that this whole match was up to Harry. Harry no, Harry. I put this all, I put this like in all caps. No pressure at all, Harry. Don't don't even worry at Ever, all. Every like, match is always up to the seeker. Exactly. Harry should just know this. Yeah. Common um, sense. What? Common sense, Harry. Uh, everyone walked onto the field, and Madame Hooch made Oliver and Flint, like I called one by the first name, one by the last name. Oliver, Flint, just kidding. <laughs> Oliver and Flint shake hands. Um, Hooch counted to three, and the two teams soared onto the pitch. Malfoy yelled, All right, Scarhead! Um, like, why do they even bother talking to each other? Like, they should just ignore each other. I know. It's just, like, don't look at each other, and then you'll be great. Yeah. So, Harry was flying for a little bit when a bludger came straight out his head. This kept happening, and Fred and George had to fly right beside him so that they could keep the bludgers away. I mean, okay, so I was thinking, like, how can they protect this Quidditch field from not, like, from, Hitting the from stuff, like, from people being able to cast spells past it true like, here is like, my idea i just came up with some i just came up with an idea guys so here's my idea remember at the battle of hogwarts battle of the hogwarts do you remember at battle of hogwarts hey wait give me a minute five Jeez, you four me out. You're three like, hey. two one spoiler guys we should just count down from 30 because with at this rate that's what bonds are going to hey, hey, hey. okay hey, so right. it's, uh, so at the battle of hogwarts uh, Fl- uh flitwick and mcgonagall and like molly are doing all these spells and shooting them up into the air like to get the uh, thing the dome the, the dome. dome why don't they just do that but on the quidditch pitch true that's my theory. Like, keep them in. Yes, exactly. If but, you guys have other theories, email them to us. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm going to say that, like, 20 times, because you guys need to email. It's like, we want your opinions, and we want to put your opinions in the episode. Wait, but, oh, no, because, you know, you know, you get disintegrated if you move through the, uh, the wall. Oh, so true. if any Quidditch person, they've crashed and they manage to get off the field, they die. I think that might just be a movie thing. Or if any, true. Well, did you you recently read the book? Did does that happen? I don't even remember if that happens huh. in seven. Like I don't I don't remember it specifically. I remember the actual battle, but I don't remember it specifically. So the score was sixty to zero, and the Slytherins were winning when it started to rain. Wood called for a timeout after George signaled to him, and the team met on the ground. Fred and George explained that the Bludgers would not leave Harry alone, and they had to protect him. This game is way too rigged. Like, the teachers should just call a rematch. That's my opinion. I mean, how, yeah, how does no, how is nobody suspicious other than the team of the Bludgers? Foul play, yeah. 
Harry told everyone that he would fight off the bludgers on his own because if he didn't, there was no way they would win the game. Madame Hooch blew her whistle and they all flew out, flew out into the air to continue the match. Harry continued to struggle as he dodged bludgers, bludgers uh, and tried to see in the rain when he spotted the snitch right above Malfoy. Wait, what if someone got hit with two bludgers at the same time on both sides of their head? That's disgusting. Would I, they I, die? I think it would go through. Yeah, I oh think my they would gosh! <laughs> like what? The bludgers would meet in the middle. It goes through your head, and then just like you can see the brain inside. That's oh, disgusting. all right. So Harry had still too long, and the Harry had stayed still too long, and the bludger came and hit him right in the arm. Harry shot at Malfoy to get the snitch, and Malfoy screamed because he thought that Harry was going to attack him. Like, oh no, Mr. Potter's is going to attack me. Yes. No. no. No, but why would he think that? Like, that's not Harry. That's not. I Harry. know. Yeah. Uh, so Harry crashed. And- also, but like, how? What would you think if somebody literally you called someone a name and they came straight at you? I'd be a little bit freaked out. I know. Not that I go around calling people names, but. Um, I think I'll be a little bit freaked out. So Harry grabbed the snitch and like crashed, like crashed and got hit by a bludger. Uh, he saw that his arm was bent at a strange angle and then passed out. He woke up and saw Lockhart's teeth gleaming and heard Colin Creevy snapping pictures. Lockhart said that he would mend his bones and cast a spell, but his arm seemed to start deflating, and he realized that Lockhart have removed Harry's bones. Typical Lockhart. I mean, how do you think it would feel to have all your arms, your bones gone? I think it would feel like jello. Oh, that would feel... And just picturing squishing my arm. (laughs) It's... Like slime. Oh. Okay, I don't even want to think about that anymore. But I can't feel it. I can't feel it. Uh, Harry went to the hospital wing where Madame Pomfrey told him that he should have come to her straight away. In the movies, when he, when Lockhart removes his arm, you can it, you hear squishing. Yeah, that's you it's hear like gross. rubber. <clears throat> Squish, like yeah. Uh, she said that he would have to stay the night, and Hermione came to see see him, but told him that Lockhart just made a mistake and that it also stopped hurting Harry. Then the Quidditch team entered in the room, telling him that Marcus Flint was mad at Malfoy because he was right above his head. Yeah. And then in, they had brought Harry sweets and cakes. Madame Pomfrey ushered them out because Harry needed to get some rest because he had 33 bones to grow. We need to fact check that. Are there 33 bones in your arm? How many there bones probably are. Because I'm sorry if there's typing, but I'm looking this up. How many bones are in your arm your arm is made up of three but what seriously 33 exactly how many bones are in your arm and hand i'm gonna include include hand yeah all right 64 all right so that's fine that's Hmm. fine yeah um so Harry woke uh Harry woke up in the middle of the night and felt like his arm had a load of splinters in it when he realized someone was sponging his forehead. He saw Dobby doing it, and Dobby said that Harry Potter should not have come back to Hogwarts. 
Harry then realized that Dobby sealed the entrance to the train and that he was the one who set the bludger on him. I love Dobby. Do- yes, Dobby, the one who wants to, um, he, he doesn't want to kill, he just wants to maim or seriously, or seriously injure. injure. One of my favorite quotes. It's uh, not even in the book. Well, from the movie, it's still a great quote. Yeah. Harry asked why Dobby wore a sack when he responded and said that it was a mark that he was a slave. But if his master gave him clothes, then he would be free. Dobby said that because the Chamber of Secrets has been opened, he cannot let him go to Hogwarts. Harry started... Oh, could not. Um, So Harry started questioning Dobby, but he refused to answer any questions and disapparated. Just then, Dumbledore and McGonagall walked in with a boy in their arms. They set him down, and Harry saw a petrified Colin Creevy. Dumbledore said that he, that he found him on the stairs, and they checked his camera for any pictures, but it was fried. Mm-hmm. And they say that he was that he found Colin when he was going down for hot chocolate. Who has who gets hot chocolate in the middle of the night? Apparently, Dumbledore. I mean, His why? His sleeping routine is probably super messed up. He probably, like, stays up till midnight, reads until midnight. That's what he's doing. And he, like, drinks hot chocolate, and then he, like, sleeps for a couple hours, and then he wakes up, and he's like, well, that's all the energy I need. Like, <laughs> McGonagall asked what it means, uh, what, you know, what this means, and Dumbledore then said that the Chamber Secrets had been opened. Why does he jump to this conclusion? Does he know about the monster? Spoiler? Um, We're not going to tell you what the monster is. Definitely, 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 definitely. Like, (sighs) oh, yeah, I guess because, you know, the chamber had been opened before. Yeah. Uh, So. And he was there. Last sentence. And from what Harry could see of Professor McGonagall's face, she didn't understand any better than he did. Yay. All right. Movie goes this time because, yes, we have movie goes. Movie goes. Yay. At around 57 minutes, when Harry's hand is hit by the bludger in the Quidditch scene, his arm guard is clearly seen flying off his arm, but the next time you see his arm, the arm guard is still there. At around 57 minutes, when Harry breaks his right arm playing Quidditch, he takes great care to to keep it up as he rolls from side to side to avoid the bludger. But at one point, he puts his weight on it without any apparent discomfort, and the next shot, he is holding it across his stomach again. At around 57 minutes, as Harry chases a snitch after his arm is broken, he reaches and catches it in the shot facing him. Wait, let me read this again. Okay, as Harry chases a snitch after his arm is broken, he reaches and catches it in the shot facing him. In the next side shot, as he begins to roll over while still balancing on top of his broom, the attached footrest is visible between his thighs. However, when he rolls under his broom and skids to the ground, it is clear that the footrest is gone. Whether the footrest is in the open or close position, it would still be visible either above or below his leg. At around 54 minutes during the Quidditch match, just after the close-ups of Snape and Lucius Lucius, Lucius Malfoy, I'm just going to call it both, there was a shot of Harry flying towards the camera, coming to a stop, and Draco Malfoy flying in beside him, and in this shot, the goalposts cast a shadow on the sand. Malfoy remarks, all right there, Scarhead, and Harry looks down below the approaching blow at the approaching bludger. Now in this shot, not only do the goalposts have a completely different shadow, there are no hoops at the top of the pole shadow. 
Um, and while, while the angle might make them hard to spot, putting everything in a line, the shadow should at least thicken at the top where the hoops are. So pretty huh. much there are hoops or there are sh- hoop shadows and then there are no hoop shadows. All right. So let's take a short break and then we'll move on to the analysis part of our episode. Welcome back from the break, and now we're gonna we're gonna start as always with the Hogsmeade Journal. Journal. So starting with the news, there's a new expedition expedition exhibition. That's not expedition exhibition coming to the Natural History Museum in London. Just to be sure, because like I was reading this and I was so excited that it was like I was like Natural History Museum in Los Angeles and SoCal. Like no, no, not that one. It's in London. Why would they put that in? For wizarding creatures. Listen, listen. You'll see. I don't understand. So it celebrates both muggle and wizarding world creatures. There will be exhibits that have nifflers and bow truckles, and one exhibit that has the remains of a newly discovered dinosaur. The <gasps> Dracorix Hogwarts. Oh my goodness course, gracious. Which is, of course, named after Hogwarts. So now we can all become obsessed with this real life thing that is Harry Potter themed. Okay. That name, though. Yes. Great. Yes. You read the next part. Uh, the exhibit is called Fantastic Beasts, The Wonder of Nature, and is going to open on Wednesday, December 9th, at the Natural History Museum in London. And my most like favorite part of this is there's going to be a BBC documentary about this next year, and I love BBC stuff. I love BBC stuff. I like Sherlock, which is by BBC. Sherlock? The one with Benedict Cumberbatch, not the other ones. Not the one with, like... Uh, Robert Downey Jr. No, like the BBC version. Um, so I found this article. This is for like the fun part of the Hogsmeade Journal. Not that the news isn't fun. The news is fun. But so I found this article and it's like 13 things that every Harry Potter fan should be able to answer. So I'm thinking each Hogsmeade Journal, we're going to have to answer one of them for you guys. And then you guys can email us with your answer to the question. And then in addition, we'll talk about whatever we want. I didn't have anything to talk about, but Vaughn didn't either, so we're just going to do the question. So start to start us off on this, like, 13-day, 13-episode-long thing, um, here's the very first question. Which Deathly Hallow would you choose? Okay, so... And we're going to list the pros and cons to having each one, if there are any cons. I wouldn't... So, hold on. Let's start with the Death Stick, because that's the other name. Or... The Elder Wand. Okay. Yeah. Uh, pros. Yeah. Most powerful. Well, there. That's pretty controversial. I'm just gonna say most powerful wand because if you're the most powerful wizard, get the wand. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna list that as a pro because people who actually have it and have won it still lose. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, I'm not gonna list that. I'm just gonna Cons, say cons. Everyone's after it and are going to kill you for it. Um. So let's just say we're neither of us are gonna pick that. I'm not picking that. I'm not picking. That. Uh, resurrection right, stone. Resurrection stone. Pros, you can bring people back to life. The, okay. For and they only last like a week. The thing cons, is, I'm, they I'm only glad, last a week. I'm glad for the resurrection stone that it gives you the chance to, you know, occasionally sit down with somebody. And like see your spirits. Have a conversation with them. You know? I mean, that'd be great, you know? Because if you, you know, if someone you love dies or something or passes away, then you have the chance, 
with the resurrection stone to like just be able to talk to and them. And you wouldn't even need to like bring them back to life. Like you could do what Harry did, just see their spirits. Exactly. Talk. Arguably for me, the saddest part of Deathly Hallows of all of the books is when Harry gets to see Sirius and Lily and James and Remus again after they die. I think that's like the saddest part ever in all of the books. Okay, uh and then uh invisibility cloak. Pros, you can be invisible. Definitely. Cons, no cons. <laughs> There's really no cons. But it's I'm really torn between the resurrection stone and the invisibility cloak. I mean, it'd be great to talk to, you know, people who have died. I but I also think with the resurrection stone you might get this like unhealthy attachment to it because it it gives you this power that other people don't have and may want first of all but also just like you might become like you know i'd rather hang out with these dead people than actually go out and live like a life yeah so i think i would pick the invisibility cloak i mean i want the resurrection stone because you know every once in a while if i'm going through a problem i could get Good advice. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think Invisibility Cloak for me is the best option. Like, you can just do whatever you want. And, like, not saying that I would do anything bad with it, yeah. of course. I would do what Harry does with it, you know? Cause mischief at school. Not that I actually do that, but, like... I mean, I live a normal life, so I don't think the Invisibility Cloak would be very good. That's true. So I choose Resurrections. So. Alright, I'm on Invisibility Cloak team. Like, please tell us what you guys think, because I really want to know, and I know that it's going to be different for each and every person. Mm-hmm. Magic Gone Wrong. That's what we're going to be talking Yay. about for the analysis. And just to be, like, completely clear, this is a part one. <gasps> there part are going one. to be several parts, but... Listen, guys. guys Several listen. parts. They're, the parts are not going to be, like, they're not going to be, like, we're not going to be talking about part two next episode. No. Part two is probably going to come later in this book, or it could literally come two books from now. I just, we just want to give ourselves room to, like, talk about all the different kinds of magic gone wrong throughout all of the series. So, like, part two could come in book six. Yeah. It probably won't come that late, but it could. It could. So, this is only part one to, like, probably two or three parts. So, let's start. So, this is um, Magic on Wrong on the Wizarding World, and it's going to be about the ministry Magic on Wrong. So, like, Ooh. who takes care of the Magic on Wrong? As always, there are spoilers during the chapter analysis, so be... Uh... First, how would you describe magic? What do you think the definition of magic is? Anything that is not supported by science. I guess, okay, then I would probably say it's something that, like, you have to be able to be born with, and, like, it's something you have to perform with a wand. Something that does not follow the rules of physics. Sure, sure, sure. Magic is a supernatural force, and these are, like, definitions. It's a supernatural force that changes aspects of the world. And then I also found the Merriam-Webster definition. So it's the power of apparently influencing the course of events by using mysterious or supernatural forces. Those definitions make it sound creepy. It's not creepy. It is cool. These seem like witchcraft. I mean, I guess it is witchcraft. It is witchcraft. It's it's different. 
Now we're going to move into the different jobs that have to do with using magic rung. And that's this whole episode, pretty much. So, first, the improper use of magic office. So, the you can read, actually. Uh, the improper use of magic office dealt with the misuse of magic, and it was a part of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. Let me just say that with any of these jobs, you're never going to be bored. You're going to get new cases every single day. Every day. And they're all going to be different, which is what cool, like, what is cool about them. Like, for example, you're going to get a case one day that's like, this lady got blown up, you know, she's floating on a kitchen ceiling. You got to go, it's, it's actually Harry Potter's aunt, so you might want to go help. Or, and then the next day you're going to come in. Or someone's levitating alligators. Exactly. You never know. That's going to happen the next day. So, I don't even know if that's legal in the wizarding world. It probably isn't, to be completely honest. But Hmm. that could happen. And, like, you never know. Or the next day, Mad-Eye Moody literally just killed a muggle because he thought that he was spying on him. (laughs) With, he killed him with his hip flask, too. <laughs> he is a <whacking. laughs> Exactly. So, um, let's see. Wait, I don't think that's magic. Just whacking someone with a flask. Maybe he levitated the flask and then whacked him with it. With it. Uh, so their job? Or at- he used Imperio and had him, him whack himself with <laughs> it. <laughs> Alright, so their job at the improper use of magic office was to investigate things that directly violated the international statute of secrecy. So, like, if there's a loophole, I guess it wouldn't be in their job description. If there's some sort of loophole, like, with Arthur. Um, so they also kept the list of people who could legally transform into animals. And I was wondering, what would happen if they find out about the Marauders or they find huh. out about Rita Skeeter? Rita Skeeter. Because the Marauders are just kids. So what, like? Marauders are just kids. Um, I don't know. Like, I can't. I don't know. I don't know either. They would probably expel them from Hogwarts. Probably. Yeah. Dumbledore would probably be mad. Yeah. So when Harry blew up his Aunt Marge right before starting his third year, it was the improper use of magic office that dealt with the situation. Some notable employees of the improper use of magic office are Travers, Dolores Umbridge, and Mafalda Hopkirk. And for those of you guys who don't remember who Mafalda Hopkirk is, because I was forgetting, she's the she's the lady girl who that Hermione transforms into. She also tells Harry that he was expelled from Hogwarts. Yes, it's a letter. Sorry, I'm like yawning. Here, fun fact. Read the fun fact one. Uh, okay. Uh, in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1, they call the improper use of magic office the improper use of magic department. When I was writing this note, I was like, I will never forgive them for this. This is the tiniest of mistakes yet. I will never forget this. It's emblazoned into my mind, and I'm going to listen to the next movie. They replaced really office with department. Two very different things. Exactly. Department is like... What is wrong with that? Department is, like, something completely different. It starts with a D. Office starts with an O. Exactly. How different can they be? Exactly. How much more different? How much more different? They are, like, the complete opposite words. How dare these music people, movie people, not music. (laughs) Music people. So, next, the accidental magic reversal squad. 
The Edge of Accidental Magic Reversal Squad is part of the Department of Magical Accidents and Catastrophes at the Ministry of Magic. I'm just imagining their their whole department is just four guys in a van. <laughs> yes, because all the exactly like I said, your job is never going to be boring because you are just four guys in a van <laughs> driving around fixing the accidental magic. Yes, because you always have work. There's never like an off time. Same with Arthur's job, although Arthur's job is much more boring, but you're never going to have a day when you're bored because there's just so much to do. Uh, the team is responsible for cleaning up incidents of magical of accidental magic and spells that have gone wrong. Wrong, or I guess magic that was on purpose. Because there is magic that was on purpose sometimes, like I don't know, serious black killing several people, you know, stuff like that. So this division includes professional professional obliviators because that's definitely a thing, guys. To wipe people's memory outside of the accident. I wonder guys, if I want to be a professional obliviator. I, I wonder if Lockhart did that. Ooh, no, he probably did. That was his best. But spell. like, guys, guys, now when people are like, "Oh, guys, what what would be your wizarding job be?" I'd be like, "I want to be a professional obliviator." <laughs> I know it sounds I know it sounds like the funnest job ever, but it's actually what I. Like, actually, that sounds really, like, really fun. Uh, I would want to be, like, a Fred and George type person. Really? I mean, professional Well, there's not a lot of good jobs. I don't, or I think would be scary. but Definitely scary as heck. But, guys, this type of question is going to come up really soon on our 13-day thing, so let's not too, talk too much about this, but just know that I'm a professional obliviator now. Like, when I... I'm 17, well, after when I'm 18 and I am released from Hogwarts, I'm going to be 17 is when you become an adult in the wizarding world. That's true. When I'm, But, like, when I'm 18 and I'm out of Hogwarts. Oh. I, that's, like, where I'm going. That's where I'm going. So, the division is located on the third level of the ministry. Um, Two members. Hmm. Uh, give me a minute. Right there. Oh, there. Okay, um... Two members of the squad had to go and wipe Marge's mind when she was blown up. Why didn't they also wipe the Dursley's minds? Well, they probably didn't wipe the Dursley's minds because, you know, they already know about magic. But it also kind of would hate them, make them hate Harry more. But I guess I understand why it, they It's didn't. like Muggleborns. It's like Muggleborns. That's true. So next, the Department of Muggle or Magical Accidents. So the Department of Magical Accidents was responsible for repairing the damage of magical accidents. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. Obviously. Pretty obvious. That was pretty obvious, guys. Pretty obvious. (sighs) Cornelius Fudge worked in this department before he was promoted to Minister of Magic. Minister for Magic? They say that all the time. I always, I can never decide. Is it Minister of of magic or minister for magic i know like i say minister for magic i I say minister of magic but i always hear people say minister for magic i think it's a choice thing but i'm not sure so a lot of divisions were under this department like the accidental magic reversal squad the obliviator headquarters and the muggle worthy excuse committee and i literally put in like um what are those things called that i put them the wording in but this doesn't even sound real to me. Princes. The Muggle-worthy excuse committee. Like, it seems like Harry Potter Wiki, where I got this information from, just came up with the Muggle-worthy excuse committee. 
Doesn't sound real to me. Does not sound real. Fun fact About the... I forget what it's called. The Department of Magical Accidents. Ronnie can read them. Obliviators make their first appearance in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, but they are mentioned in previous novels. Obliviation is used in lots of things. It's just normally called mind Mind wiping. It's in, like, lots of movies. It's, like, yeah, it's pretty popular, actually. Um, Yes. All right, guys, so that's it for part one of Magic Gone Wrong, the Ministry Edition. Yay! Woo! Yay! Part one's over. (laughs) But... Guys, so remember, like I said, part two and possibly part three are going to be coming in probably other books. So never fear. Oh, also, they're coming. We, we're not going to Also, forget. Uh, you tell us why, what hollow you would pick. Yes, definitely oh. tell us what hollow you'd pick. Mm-hmm. Also, guys, stay tuned because we have a very special. We, we, said, we have a good announcement coming pod. up. We're going to be talking really soon about the Slytherin house. Ooh. And we are. We previously talked about Gryffindor House, so just get ready for Slytherin House for us to talk about that. Slytherin. It's gonna be very fun. All right, guys. I really want to learn about the like the Ravenclaw and the Hufflepuff common room. Well, we know about the we know about both really. I know the Hufflepuff is some barrel thing, but I forgot about Ravenclaw. Well, we're gonna be talking about that lots, probably in other books. So we'll we'll be going back around that. Probably Hufflepuff will come up in book four. When Cedric is nominated, and Ravenclaw will probably come up in book seven, mm-hmm. or book five, possibly, depending on what we do, what we decide to do. All right, guys, email us at insidehogwardspod at gmail.com, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, because it will help people find our podcast. And it will like, help our like, podcast grow. Imagine you as a kid are scrolling through Apple Podcasts, and you find our podcast, and you're like, oh my gosh, let me read all these good reviews. That's what you guys need to do that, so that all the other yeah. kids can be like, More kids can wow. Watch. This is lots of good reviews. All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check back every Tuesday for another Inside Hogwarts episode.